Welcome to the Everyone Walks with Someone podcast. I'm your host, Jared Piney. Really, this podcast, the Everyone Walks with Someone podcast, is all about learning the best practices to be better followers of Jesus while walking alongside others. And all kinds of questions pop up when he asks, how do we do this? Why are we called to walk with others? How do we do it? What guardrails are important? What can trip us up? You know, the best way to learn is to hear from others who've done it and hear from their experiences. Today, our episode is going to be a little bit different. We'll have less teaching and hear a little bit more stories of wins and challenges when it comes to walking with someone. So we have three guests on with us. We have Kathy Fisher and then Randy and Rhonda Bowles. And I know this is going to be such a rich conversation. Kathy, Randy, and Rhonda, it's so great to have you guys here with us. Great. Thanks for asking us, Jared. Yes. Thanks, Jared. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we dig in, I love asking this question, and it's who is someone that has walked with you? You know, there's many different people in my life that's walked with me at different points, so it doesn't have to be someone your whole life, but at some point, who's been someone that's walked with you? And Kathy, why don't you start? Okay. Um, well, actually, people that I met in my first home team, um, it Rodney and Jenny Elliott are... Um, a couple of people that for sure I've been able to get with and talk to them about some things that have come up over the last few years, and they've given me some great action steps to move to the next point, um, things that I can do um, to get past what I'm working through or, or whatever, and so they hold me accountable, um, especially... Jenny, she um, really holds me accountable for some stuff that, you know, we've talked about and that I've needed help with, and um, she's been great at that. So yeah. That's so good. And, you know, when I hear these stories, it, a lot of it comes back to trust, that the person walking with you, you have trust. And, and you didn't say those words, but you said that she's holding you accountable. Mm -hmm. At one point, you had to trust her to say, hey, here's some things I'm working on or next steps. And she was able to help nudge you that way. Yeah, she's definitely a nudger. Um, in fact, there's a few things just in the last few days that she's um, reached out to me and, and said, hey, so where are you at with with what you said you were going to do yeah. or what you're working on. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's it's been good and definitely made me made me think, um, yeah, what what I'm doing to be obedient to God in, in this situation. Oh, that's so, so good. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Kathy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Randy, I'm curious about you. Who's someone in your life at some point that's walked with you? Well, over various seasons, I've had uh, many men from men's groups or life groups, but really the person who walks with me the most is my wife, Rhonda. Oh, and yeah. right now, you know... Is that because she's sitting right by you? Is that why you're saying it? It is because she's right by me. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, when it comes to men, you don't get as vulnerable. You yeah. don't go as deep. And obviously in, in marriage, I go much deeper with Rhonda. And it's more of a spiritual connection than mm -hmm. just men talking and holding each other accountable. It is, it is feet to the fire. Yep. And when you said trust, that made me think of Rhonda. So that's, no, who, that's, that's who I walk with quite a bit. I had a message that I was able to teach a while back about fighting naked. And, uh, you know, part of that was taking off your armor and it was about conflict resolution. But when you talk about, um, Rhonda walking with you, not saying you're actually fighting naked, but you're taking your armor off. You're yeah. you're a lot. You're trusting, right? You're letting to be vulnerable and her to kind of walk with you and to see see those things about that. That's that's awesome to hear. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I can be honest with him. 
Yeah. I can say, hey, that you know that wasn't the best thing, or hey, th- you hit it out of the park. Yep. Yeah. So I can I can share that honesty with him. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've had all kinds of different guests on this podcast, and it's been awesome just to hear a little bit about their background before they start sharing. And so I want each of you to kind of take this uh, time to answer this question. And it's, what do you do for a living? And and would you say you're more introverted or extroverted? And maybe a couple hobbies that you have right now. So Rhonda, why don't you start with this one? Okay, sure. So, so what I do for a living, I am a home health nurse. I'm also a road warrior. So I drive many, many miles throughout the day. I uh-huh. could be in a probably four or five different cities, sometimes within one day. And I go into all different types of homes. I go into the super fancy homes. I go into trailer homes. I go into homeless shelters. Mm-hmm. And um, I provide care for them, um, um, you know, vital signs and all types. I'm actually a specialist when it comes to wound care. So okay. um, providing a specialty nursing care for them. And um, I, I meet people of all different faiths. Um, in, in regards to home care, yeah. I, I meet people that I'm just in awe of their faith. I walk in and I can feel the palpable, mm. I can feel Jesus in their home. Yeah. And I walk into some homes and I know Jesus is not there. And yeah. I feel like I can bring that light in when I provide care to them yeah. and, and get a great opportunity to be able to share Jesus with them. Um, so that is very, very special um, that I can actually be able to do that. And still, that is my... Well, yeah, um, God gives you lots oh, of opportunities oh, there. Oh, a so. wonderful opportunity. Absolutely. Yep. And and when doing that, you kind of do have to be an extrovert because uh-huh. you are meeting new people every single day, basically. And how do you work with these new families? How do you engage with them? And so, yeah, I would certainly say I'm an extrovert. And I know Kathy and I shared we are on the same wavelength in regards to our favorite hobby. And um, I love to thrift. I love to go to um, all different types of thrift stores, garage sales, you name it. I love a bargain. We've already been swapping where our favorite. (laughs) Where our favorite. We might have to get together and go shopping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Well, well, Kathy, we'll just go to you next. I know one of your hobbies. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, yes. tell Tell us a little bit more about you. So you asked if I was extroverted or introverted, um, I would say I'm a little bit of both. I just have moments where, and my friends and my coworkers would probably disagree and say I'm 100% extroverted, but um, I don't think so. I I do find people fascinating, and I love listening most of the time to their stories and, and, you know, what they're all about, but um, I also kind of get peopled out sometimes. So I do find my alone time nice or even just like small, small one-on-one or just a small group or whatever. So, um, but yeah, that's, so what I do for a living is I work at a credit union and, um, people all day long and phone in person, email, text, whatever it may be, but I, um, open new accounts. I, take loan applications, close loans, talk about everything, um, financial or not financial stuff and, um, any kind of maintenance. So it's, it's a lot of peopling. So yeah, yeah, yeah. People (laughs) like that. So sometimes we, we do put introvert and extrovert in a box. Like I know a guy who Mm -hmm. he's a upfront communicator. He leads, um, staff and different volunteers and and everybody would probably assume he's extrovert he, he's super introverted he can yeah. do those things he can do them really well 
but he's introverted. And so sometimes we just say, oh, that person's good with other people. They must be extroverted. No, sometimes they got to go outside their comfort zone and, yeah. and and do that. But really, they they get energy from being introverted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I I do enjoy you know conversating with people and, um, but when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so, if it's three o'clock in the afternoon, that may not be good because I work till five. So <laughs> it, it can be challenging sometimes. But um, and yeah, hobbies are definitely what um, Rhonda said. Yeah, I I enjoy thrifting, um, all the things. And I also make earrings and jewelry like with recycled leather. So okay. um, I'm learning all kinds of new yeah, things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I really I just in a lot of crafts. I love redoing furniture, painting. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Randy, yeah. what about you? Tell us, tell us something about you. Hey, I'll follow along with Kathy. I'm an introvert uh-huh. pretending to be an extrovert. Sometimes. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> yeah. perfect. Compassion yeah. fatigue. Yeah. We're dealing with people. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, most people do see me as an extrovert, but I do think I'm more of an introvert, kind of more in the middle, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I am a property manager, so I can get burnt out on dealing with people. Because it does happen from time to time. Um, hobbies, you know, somebody's got to drive a truck and pick up all that stuff. Nice. I'm just getting at thrift stores. Yeah. So <laughs> my hobby is kind of thrift stores and you know whatever I'm voluntold to do uh-huh. is yes. my hobby. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. That, that's my hobby. Good job. Well, good. Good to get to know you guys a little bit better before we dive into this conversation and. You know, last episode, we heard from Jonathan Anderson and had a conversation around the action of serving while we walk with others. And really, today's kind of a continuation of that conversation. And we really just want to hear stories of the wins when it comes to walking with others, but also the challenges, because it's not always easy. And and there are some challenges around it as well. Um, But before we get into that, we want to answer some of the top questions that we get from people that they, they submitted to us saying, hey, I hear about this walking with others, but I don't know how to do it. And these are some of the questions that we've gotten from them. So this is an all play. We can all answer these questions. And the the first one is, what holds you back personally from walking with others? And then kind of the flip side of that, how do you overcome it? And sometimes you don't, right? But the times that you try or you yeah. want to you overcome it. So anyone can kind of start here. Well, I think what holds me back most is just being busy, my own busyness, my own children, my own family. I want to avoid drama and not deal with other people's problems. I got my own. And uh, just kind of mentioned compassion fatigue, maybe apathy, just don't want to deal with other people sometimes. So Mm -hmm. that holds me back. So, you know, I got to reach out sometimes and and go past that and be there for people that actually reach out to you. Mm -hmm. Because I never shut the door on anybody. So if somebody reaches out to me, I... Faith-based navigational system and get it done. Yeah, is that the Holy Spirit, right? Yep, that's the Holy Spirit moving right there. Uh huh. So yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think time is a is a real thing. And then you know you said something interesting on just you know I've got my own problems and other people do too. And when you walk with people, there's going to be problems, right? It brings out some of your own problems yeah. even higher. But then you're just we don't have the answers. We don't know how to walk with others. So that that can be an obstacle that. Let's us not even get started on on wanting to walk with others and what it looks like and, and those things. So that that's real, yeah. Randy. Oh yeah, very much so. I I would say myself, um, similar to what Randy said. Um, you know how how much do I want to get invested in this person? And it's it's it is what it is, and I struggle with that. Like, how deep do I want to go? And 
and um, I have, you know, dealing with your own, whether it's time, sometimes with me, it's just laziness. Like I just, eh, am I going to have to get out and do this and be available and on their schedule and not set my own parameters and, um, and then dealing with your own brokenness, like with what's going on in your own life. And like, do I even have the mental capacity for others right now? So, yeah. What have you found, um, you know, in, I I know many different stories of you walking Uh with others for you, Kathy, what helps you get over some of those obstacles to begin walking with others? Um, I really have to get real with myself. Like my, my motto has been this year, like more of God, less of me. And, and it really has brought to surface some things like where I fall short for sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, because it's, I'm definitely a me person. So I really have to be mindful about putting God first and like, you know, what, what would, you know, what do I need to do to stay obedient to, you know, what God wants me to do, what I'm called to do. And that's really, it's hard. It is hard. And, um, I have to call myself out on it a lot. And, you know, I, I go to, you know, other women in my home team or other mentors or whatever. And, you know, talk about this and they hold me accountable for it as well. But yeah, I'm so glad you, you shared on just it's, it's real. And, and without having that gravitational pull back to God's word, back to the Holy Mm -hmm. spirit, back to, you know, the women, the, the mentors, those that are helping you, it's so easy to be selfish. It's so easy. And we don't use the word selfish when we're doing it. We're like, I need, I need me time and it's, it's self-care and I'm not, and we do need some of that. It's managing the tension of what is God calling me to and what purpose and equipping and what opportunities given me. But I need to lead and be the best version of myself mm-hmm. through that. And it's not through things that I do. It's through that vertical relationship with God that allows me to do it. And so there's not a right answer on that. It's managing the tension and, and just continuing to seek God and God's word and God's people around you. So right. I just say that I, I think sometimes when we hear a message and or those we just think, oh, this this must be easy. It sounds easy that people are talking about it, but it's real. And so thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Rhonda? So, I mean, I feel like you have to really ground yourself with with prayer. And, and I think that starts first thing in the morning because, you know, every day is a new day that we are given and and we have to be open to the the movement of the Holy Spirit. I mean, so many times you're busy, you're running from place to another. You don't even kind of glance up and look at those around you that may need your help, that may need you in those situations. So you really do have to, you know, have your listening ears on and say, okay, God, what is it that you need me to know today about those around me? What is it that you need me to step out and do? Yeah. Um, and it's a continual um, <clears throat> listening. It really is. It's it's so easy to just keep on going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, always having your eyes open to those that are around you because yeah. it truly is rewarding. Yeah. You know, I know it's tough and it's easy to be selfish, but by golly, it is rewarding too. So some things Rhonda said, yeah, just listening, you know, acting on what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, like those nudges. That has been something I'm really been trying to work to like 
should I like I start to and then I'm like something tells me to hold back and then then you know I do regret it and so mm-hmm. it's it I I always regret it like man I should have I should have listened I should have acted and and I've caught myself many times like where I I heard you know somebody say they needed something they needed help or they needed somebody to listen to them and then I didn't I didn't act and then later you find out how bad they were struggling and I just really get upset with myself like man I did not listen to you God like mm, yeah. so yep. yeah and I was just going to say as as a couple the two of us sometimes he will hear from from God and the Holy Spirit as far as I will hear, you know, we hear different things, but together he'll say something. Hey, you should have done something for this one. Or have you called so-and-so or have Mm -hmm. you? So he also helps, you know, as, as my rock, he helps just, you know, wake up, listen, you've got something over here. You've got someone over here that needs help. So goes back earlier, holding each other accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Feed off each other. Sure. Tell me to do a U-turn and give some food or money to that homeless (laughs) guy on the corner. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. All right. I'll do a U-turn. I think sometimes when when Mm -hmm. you have that prompting from the Holy Spirit or Mm -hmm. that thought, even if it's not just to help someone, but it's an idea or you you feel like God's telling you something, I think one of the most important habits that we can form is to tell somebody else. So it could be a spouse, it could be a mentor, Mm -hmm. it could be someone walking with you. Mm -hmm. But once it's out there and you verbalize it and you've said it to someone else, then they can come back and say, have you thought about this? Because too many times... I think about it and then I'm like, well, no. And then, you know, you just forget about it. So I think sharing that with someone else and, and that can relate with walking with others or serving as well. But mm-hmm. I'm curious about this. Um, when you're walking with others, the question that we get, how does that grow you closer to God? So some of the old model is you're in a lot of Bible studies, you listen to a lot of sermons, you read the Bible, you read books, and this is how you learn and you become a, a different level of a follower of Jesus, which some of that is absolutely true. But also when you start walking with others and you start praying for them and having conversations, it can grow you closer to God too. So how have you guys felt that in your personal lives? Um, I, I think just the transformation that you see when you're walking with others and um, see their level, like their, you know, if you're their commitment or you know, to stay in contact with you, you know, if if they're, if you're in contact continuously or just, I just think, um, to see God's work, like is, I mean, just keeps me just like, it just keeps feeding me. So I, I, yeah, I you know, I, I think if I'm listening well, when you begin to do life with other people, you can see God work in their life, but also yes. in yours. And yes. and those are reminders that this isn't a book that we read in the Bible. These are these are so one true God and these are letters of people that experienced Jesus and, and and were inspired by his word and writing these letters to other churches and just true stories in there and you get to see this live out in these miracles and, and we think of miracles of like uh, parting the Red Sea and you know we don't I, I've not, I haven't seen that you know right. but for us it's people overcoming alcohol or people restoring relationships with parents and kids or getting out of bad habits or, you know, those things. Those are some of those miracles and signs that bring that joy. There's reminders that 
God's real and he knows us and he loves us. And when we see this, it, it grows my heart closer to God. So, yeah. And when, when you're walking with other people, um, you want to be a good example as well. And, um, you know, do, you know, the best that you can do and the best that God wants for you as well to set that example for that other person. Yep. So, no, that's good. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, I want us to, to dig in on this action of serving. So the action of serving when it comes to walking with others. And so really, I just want us to kind of share stories of some of the wins that we've seen from this. And I've, I've seen you guys do some amazing um, servings that were big and some that were little, but they all had impact, but also some of the challenges that it comes with serving with others in this context of walking with others. So I'll open it up and whoever wants to share can start sharing. I, I feel like when I serve here um, at church, it gives me many more opportunities to connect with others. And then that gives me the opportunity to go ahead and walk with someone. I met someone. Um, and, and so therefore, you know, I can get to know them well. I can do more things with them. I just, if I'm serving in the church, I just feel like I have a lot more opportunities um, to grow those relationships. So, and, and, and two, I mean, I feel like um, you do such a wonderful job with our volunteers here in empowering them and giving them tools and, and, and uh, you know, it kind of bringing out our natural gifts that we have been given by God to reach out to others. So, yeah, I just think by volunteering and what we do, it gives me more opportunities to walk with others. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be willing and obedient to, mm -hmm. to start um, you know, serving in the context as a volunteer and at a church, and that gives you an opportunity to, to walk with others. And I think sometimes we think, well, if people are going to church and they have it all figured out and together mm. and, and I don't need to help them. Like they're all good. Right. That, that, that's right. not true. I can speak for my own, like, yeah, for sure. you know, and so that gives us opportunities to, you know, one of our values are that when you are a volunteer at the church, try to get to know the other people that you're volunteering with or those that you are serving and, and don't, don't have the task be over the people. It's the people over the task. And right. so if you're, you know, serving coffee and snacks, it's trying to get to know those volunteers and begin mm -hmm. walking with them of God's gives opportunities or those that you meet while you're giving coffee. Or there's many different opportunities mm -hmm. there, but. Because I can think of actually one example. Um, I was as a greeter, you know, just out saying hello. And I had just saw someone that was sitting over on the bench and it was a beautiful day outside. I thought, well, I'll just go, hey, how are you doing? She was just kind of looking down, was not making any eye contact with anyone. And um, the minute I said hello, she burst out in tears. Mm. And I just, I, it just, it, I didn't know what quite to do. So I just sat beside her quietly and just, you know, kind of put my arm around her and yeah. just consoled her and just, you know, I didn't quite even know what to do, but I said, okay, God, this is yours. And she shared with me that she had not been back to church in 30 years mm. and she was only 40. So, yeah. wow. you know, God had brought her back. Um, that day. And um, I think she'd even come out of the service and was just sitting there because it was, you know, quite a ways into the service. Yeah. And so just spending time with her and just sitting there quietly with her. And, um, you know, as, as time went by, we were able to, you know, exchange names and even phone numbers. And I told her I would love to see her back and that um, I would love to do life with her. And if she ever wanted to talk mm -hmm. and go get coffee and 
and just kind of started a relationship. So it's good. And that's kind of the motto sometimes of walking with others of saying, I don't know what to do. God, this is yours. It was, it was like, scary. I, I don't know where I'm going or how I'm going to help this person, but this yeah. is yours and, and lead mm-hmm. where it is. Yeah. That's good. What about, what about some opportunities of, of serving others kind of outside of the church walls, you know, whether it's people that you've met in, in the workplace or neighborhoods or could be people at the church, but you're, you're serving them outside. What, what are some stories, wins and challenges around serving in that way? So I met somebody oh, before we shut down for COVID. Um, she was serving in hospitality. I, I really did not, you know, we had interaction. Um, we served at the same time together and in guest ministries. And, but it was, I don't feel like it was for very long. So, you know, small talk or whatever. Um, well, then in June, the beginning of June, um, I didn't see her the whole time during COVID. She, I think her and her family, I had just seen them a little bit like this spring or whatever, and they were back. And um, she reached out to me, sent me a message through Facebook and said, hey, can we get together? I'm having a crisis mm-hmm. and I would like to meet with you ASAP. And I was, I was like, what can I do to help this person? Yeah, like yeah. I, there is nothing that I like feel, felt qualified for. I had no idea what was going on in her life. I didn't know her well. I, you know, we chatted when we served together before, but I was like, why is she reaching out to me? So, um, I remember I, I messaged her right back and I was like, absolutely like, I can, I thought to myself, I'll skip home team tonight. If she needs to get together tonight, I'll get together tomorrow night. Like I, I laid out different times, like, absolutely. Let's get together. We met the next day during my lunchtime and she was a mess, like uh, shaking, Mm -hmm. just barely could talk. And she was, she was in crisis mode. I mean, she was, um, had lost her job due to, um, a a DUI and literally like her life changed overnight that had happened the week before and her, her life had changed instantly. She was, you know, had a family, husband, kid and everything. And, um, I, I remember the night before I had texted a couple of girls from home team. I said, hey, please pray for this conversation that I'm about to have tomorrow and that I will listen and not like be ready with a resolution for this woman. Yeah. Like, because I'm, I'm not that great of a listener. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that about myself. And so I'm just like, please let God lead this conversation and what to what comes next, you know? And so anyway, we get together, we talk and I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at her. She is, um, her, her worth in herself. She said, I'm a loser. I'm this, I'm that. And she was so broken and it just like put me in a place that I remember looking at myself. I couldn't even make contact, eye contact with myself in a mirror. And I was just like, I just remember saying, you are not a loser. And, you know, I listened to her and I just, 
said, hey, God loves you no matter what, mm-hmm. and you you made a mistake, and there are going to be some severe consequences, and you're just you're going to have to work through this. And God is on your side. I'm on your side. Your church is on your side. And she was not involved in a home team. And that that night, I knew that there was a home team um, that. Um, that was a couple's home team. And I knew that her and her husband needed to go to home team that night. I knew I could invite her to our women's group, but I just knew her and her husband needed to go to home team together. So I, I said, Hey, there's a home team that meets tonight. And like inside, I was like, there's no way she's going to go to home team. And her and her husband went to home team that night and they've been going, her and I've been meeting almost every single week Um, there's been a few weeks that we've not been able to get together. I see her on Sunday in church, but I will tell you the next week that we met, she was like a new person. Like she, it was just incredible. And just since then, her and I have developed like a friendship. Mm -hmm. We've done things outside of meeting on our lunch and she's employed. She is like connected with her home team and, I have a new friend. So it's been, it's been amazing. Like I'm, she, I'm just really glad that she, you know, acted on, you know, reaching out to someone when she knew she needed help. So, well, and even, you know, there had to be part of her that knew she could trust you. Like when she reached out, I mean, she, she was desperate. She didn't, you know, she was in pain. She was in hurt. And many times when people are going through a super challenging season like that, they're more open to, to God sometimes and more open to other yeah. people to being vulnerable on that. But there was a part of her that was like, okay, Kathy, I, I can trust yeah. her. I can sit down and talk to her. She's someone I can. She said, um, so when, so when we got together and I got her permission to talk about this story, um, she you know, we both had a moment like tears, all of it. And she just said, I knew, I knew I needed a Christian woman in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I needed to talk to a Christian woman. And I was like, why you chose me? But, (laughs) but it was, I mean, I just, yeah, it's been, it's been a, it's been a great friendship. So I'm, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that. Absolutely. Randy and Rhonda, you know, one thing I, I heard about you guys a few years ago that um, I just loved, I want to unpack it a little bit of of where you guys live at and kind of your heart behind that and some of those different things. So you're going to tell it much better than, than I can. So tell us a little bit about that story. Do you want me to say it? Of course. Okay. <laughs> oh, I just love this. I, well, and, and my husband went along with this, so I will give him a lot of credit for this yes, too. So, yes. so we had actually downsized into um, our, our dupl- a duplex, and we live across from um, an apartment um, complex, and there's tons of children. And right at our corner, there is probably about 25 kids um, and about five different school buses that come past in our front yard. And the very first day I saw them all sitting along the, all on the curb. And I thought, well, that's not right. Those kids shouldn't be sitting on the curb. (laughs) And so boy, howdy, one thing led to another. So we got benches and then we made a whole little area that we rocked out all together. Then we got a little, 
uh, mailbox that goes in there. Uh, with we, a school bus. With a, that's a school bus. <laughs> and uh, we put books out there. We do snacks. Uh, we've done hot chocolate Fridays. Um, well, when it's really cold... I actually let him in the house a little bit. My husband doesn't like that at all. At 6 a.m., <laughs> 6 a.m. <laughs> or I'll put blankets out there. Wow. Um, I've had just so many moms have just shared that they feel so comfortable that their kids are at our bus stop. They know that, um, you know, I'm trying to keep an eye out for them. I mean, I'll be running to the bus. Someone left their backpack. Someone left their oh, no. jacket, whatever. I mean, just just that we're we're looking out for these kids. Um, and then we, you know, celebrate birthdays. Uh, we actually have the um, the Ten Commandments uh, uh, posted on our front door. Our children wait at our front um, in our on our porch. I mean, they're ringing when it's the raining, doorbell. They're under the porch. Oh yes, when it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of got a little out of hand, but I will say I absolutely love it. Uh, we have a refrigerator full of popsicles. We have a pantry full of snacks. We get doorbell rings all the time, and we are connected with those kids mm. and those yes. family in our neighborhood. They 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 know us. Um, they know that we go to church. We have always put the invite out. We even bought a party bus so that we could take the neighborhood kids to church with us. So I think that's only worked maybe a couple of times. They don't take us far. up on that often. I know. They often. like to sleep in. But we even bribe them with donuts, right? We do. We, we bribe do. them with donuts. We do. We do. So um, it's just been a wonderful ministry to share with so many young families around us. And we love it. I mean, I we just get so much joy from that. And it gives us an opportunity to serve, and it also gives us an opportunity to share um, Jesus and God with 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 this with these kids in the neighborhood that that don't. I, I know of one girl. Um, she was helping me unpack my Christmas gifts, and um, I know for a fact um, I gave her um, a nativity to take home, and her mother told her to take it into her room and to not leave it out mm. in the living room. And I thought, you know what, this is my opportunity to share Jesus with this young girl when she is not given this opportunity at all yeah. at home. So it just gives us some great times that we can share with these young kids and um, show them the love of Jesus when they may not get that at home. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. there's so much that I love about that story. I, I think as I hear you guys tell it again, I think sometimes we can put the serving as a check the box. Uh, you know, I need to go and serve this month or this week or, mm -hmm. or this year or whatever our rhythm is. And I serve and I check the box and it's good. When I hear you guys talk about that, it's an investment. It's saying, man, God, God has called. He opened your eyes to, to what you could do there. And you've, and you've continued to evolve it and build that you've invested into the kids, into the families. And, and not all of that was immediate outcomes, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. saying, Hey, we're, we're just, we're trusting God with the outcome. That's one of our values that we've talked about in a previous episode of trusting God for the outcome, mm -hmm. just being obedient to how he's leading. And, and I just see that, that long-term investment from both of you. And so Randy, I'll give you a lot of credit on this. I know you've done a lot of it <laughs> that you've kind of helped out with behind the too, scenes, so. yes. behind the scenes. Yeah. So, the truck yeah. to so carry all the snacks home. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Drive the bus, he, all the things. He goes, buys the snacks. I do buy the snacks. <laughs> oh, there you go. And I manage the money, which is one thing these parents find out that I do. The kids know I do it. Oh, and yes. one of my goals in serving is I love goals in budgeting. So now I'm helping three or four of these families with managing their money. 
So it's just mm-hmm. parlayed into more and more opportunities to serve That's these so cool. neighbors. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoy working with neighbors in that regard. Yeah. And just trying to help them figure out how to make ends meet, especially with COVID and mm-hmm. jobs being downsized. Mm-hmm. You know, I've actually had opportunities where I sit down with three or four families and help them manage their money that's a little serving. bit. Yeah, so that's great. Along with giving their kids snacks every day. <laughs> you know, I, I feel led to kind of share this story and, and maybe you guys can hold me accountable because it's one kind of evolving. But uh, so the Chiefs just started playing, right? They, they played this this last week. And if you're listening to this in the future, the season just started. And uh, I've got some guys coming over to my house to watch the Chiefs game. And my wife drives home and she's like, hey, you need to put your shoes on and come outside. So I went outside and game time's in like an hour. And she's like, hey, there was a guy about two houses down that he's he's an older guy. He's in his yard. I think he fell. Can you go check on him? And I'm like, absolutely. Like, So I put on my shoes and I walked down that way. And he's just kind of sitting there. I thought I saw crutches when I walked up. And I'm like, oh, he fell. Um, but he was actually just trying to fix irrigation. And it, it wasn't crutches. It was other tools. And so I talked to him a little bit. I hadn't met him before. And I was like, well, can I help with anything? I'm like, I'm not the most handy person. Like, I'm not the irrigation person. He's like, no, I just, I'm trying to think of what my next move is and, and those things. And and I, I introduced myself and I got his name and I said, I, I live two doors down. Um, but, you know, when we serve others, it's really to build a relationship. It's to, because then when you build a relationship, you, you realize I can now serve them to help them budget or help different things. And so, I left that conversation. I went back, got ready for the Chiefs game and watched it. But as as actually Kathy was sharing, I'm like, you know, there's probably a next step that I need to do. I need to make some cookies is what I felt God telling me to do. Go over there and say, hey, it's so good to meet you. Just wanted to leave my number here if you need anything. Or, you know, is there a project that, you know, I'm not a handyman, but I know some other people that are. So it's kind of like, I think when I think of serving, it's that extra mile that, you know, sometimes, okay, I went over there. I asked if I could help, and, and there wasn't any help, and I made the introduction. I, I did a good job, you know, but it's that I go the extra mile. And, and I think, I don't know, that may be something I need to write down even personally of, can I go that extra mile? So I invite you guys to hold me accountable. You've got my number. You can text me in a couple weeks and say, did you go back to him and at okay. least start that conversation? Because I, I need that to, to make sure I, mm-hmm. I go do that and see what, see what God does with it. But Perfect. What are some other um, challenges or wins? What's a couple other stories that you guys can think of when it comes to to serve you. Anything come to mind? Just inviting others to church. It, it's a constant request to some people, and some people just blow you off. But eventually, <laughs> you know, they might show up, and then mm-hmm. you find out that their kids are in a life group or middle school, and then they start getting more and more involved. And, and uh, you know, you plant that seed, you just never know what's going to happen. So it's always good to have that come back around and and see people back at church. That type of thing is uh, very rewarding when you see that. Mm-hmm. But it 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 takes work. Mm-hmm. And on our bus stop, we've been working on some families for years, but we're not going to give up on them, and we're going to keep asking them. We're going to keep offering. And uh, yeah, as you were sharing that, um, it reminded me of this verse in Galatians six nine. It's let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And and that could be inviting people to church. It could be serving. It could be investing. It's building relationships. It's those things. And when you walk with people, people are messy. I'm messy. We're mm-hmm. messy. And, and we've all got problems. And sometimes it can be frustrating. It can be like, well, I just, man, I just need a season of just me focusing on me because that'll make me 
you know, be healthier, be better, be in a better spot. Um, but we got to continue to have that willingness to be obedient to God and, and don't grow weary. Don't, don't get tired of, of doing what God's called you to, what he's equipped you to, what he's given you opportunities for. And then there are times that, that you'll see God work in a very real way that you're like, okay, this is why I do it. Now I can get through the challenges and the frustrations and the hard times. Mm-hmm. At, at least that's what, I don't know, that's what works for me. So Right, right. Yeah. Well, I know I can think of, I can think, I've got one more story yep. for you here okay. that um, when, it, when it talk about serving or just keeping your eyes open. So we were on vacation and our flight had been canceled. And, um, you know, hey, you know, how you've got everything there. It's a last minute canceled. And I'm looking around, we turned in our uh, rental car and I could see another family that just dropped off from their, their rental car. And I was like, oh my golly, that I was like, Randy, this other family needs help too. We both got to get back to Wichita. And so I thought, oh, we'll just go over to, you know, maybe we'll get the, the van and drive it over to where our friends are and stay an extra night. Well, we happened to pick up this other family and we're like, we'd look at each other and we're like, well, why don't we just drive back to Wichita? Mm. So we ended up, we were introducing ourselves to each other. We knew we were both from Wichita, but in the yeah. van, we're saying hello, <laughs> introducing each other. And we're like, why don't we drive back? Yeah, Young, great family. And I could hear God speaking to me saying, you've got to share Jesus with them. You've got to mm. find out where they are. And, and I would watch the GPS and I could see us getting closer and closer to Wichita. And it's not always an easy conversation. I mean, these are strangers, basically. Yeah. We had just met and we're sharing a car with them all the way back to Wichita. 20, 23 hours. 23 hours, oh, wow. right? Um, and and I, I kept seeing that GPS getting closer and closer. And I was like, you know, I've got to ask him, you know, do you guys go to church? And, you know, where are you in your faith? And so um, I, I asked them and it wasn't an easy ask, yeah. you know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it was very uncomfortable. And, but yet, you know, I could see there was a little open window. And so I was able to share with them on the rest of those, yeah. what, five hours as we were getting closer to Wichita <laughs> and, and throughout the invite to them. And they actually are now attending church with okay. us and yeah. have become dear friends. And so just, you know, as we serve and help others, is, that just gives us those opportunities yeah. to share Jesus with others and to, to get yeah, those open, awesome. open doors. I had yeah. to kind of beg Randy on that one. <laughs> That whole thing kind of reminded me of... 23 uh, hours is a long time. It's a long time. time. I I knew I couldn't drive it all by myself. So so he was a little willing. The the couple was very helpful. There you go. And was it a flight that got canceled and you Mm -hmm. did it? This is like Home Alone and Kevin McAllister's mom and the whole... Absolutely. Absolutely. We had to push the back of the the van so hard because our our luggage was so packed in tight. That's even better. Yeah, two kids, mom and dad. Yeah, but they've they've become our great friends. Yes, they have. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, yeah. super neat. Well, thank you guys for sharing the stories, and, and even more importantly, thank you for walking with others. I know, Absolutely. I know it's not easy, and it, you know, it, for each of you, I know you've got people in your life that's helping to nudge you and to, to yeah, help you yeah, sure. walk with others as you're nudging other people as well. And that's that's what God's designed us mm-hmm. to do. To you know, we are truly better together. And um, you know, if we stay in isolation, then we we're not going to be able to see or fulfill the purpose that God has for us. So I I appreciate you guys sharing and being on the podcast. 
Absolutely. Thank Thanks, you. Jared. For the yeah, absolutely. I want everyone to tune back in to the next episode. Um, we'll be talking about the last action of sharing when it comes with walking with others. And our guests are going to be Amanda Levian, who lives us out so well in her life, and our Goddard campus pastor, David Integrin. I truly believe it's going to be an encouraging um, conversation for us to hear. So we'll see you next episode.